expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. And the podcast is on the air for this Friday evening, May 15th, 2020. This is a special edition of the Anime Roundtable. Once again, to our listeners, we'd love to hear from all three of you. I think we've added one in the last two weeks. If you'd like to leave any questions, comments, hate mail, or death threats, you can hit us up online, Twitter and, Inst- and Instagram at Anime Roundtable. AnimeRoundtable.com, our long, never updated blog, is there in most of the past episodes. Really has to be updated. And you can email us old school, animeroundtable at gmail.com. No one ever writes us, so you'll almost surely get a response. Also, we are now on Discord. Plenty of space to hang around there because, well, nobody is hanging around there right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, we will talk about that in a few minutes. I joined you there, Mike, and I helped you. I know, I know. Join this brave new world. Uh, well, we have to talk about that a bit later. You, you want to know what made me join Discord, uh, Mike? It was well, called tell, well, Nintendo we Online. Well, well, we'll talk about that. Actually, we'll talk about the Discord a bit later, okay? Anyway, as you can hear, Michael owned the captain's chair in our six-point studio in the Toronto West End as the COVID-19 pandemic continues with hopes that the worst is now behind us. And we hope you're well. Yeah, I know. We hope you're well wherever you're listening to this. Uh, James, Kevin, and Mo are out there again at various points in the Toronto area, which means once again, we're doing this episode remotely or online. One thing we could never really do over the, the now 14-year history of the podcast, hiatus aside, was interview others since I was admittedly stubborn, distracted, and lazy to try Skype and the like. Any guests we would have would have had to do it face-to-face, which meant we had no guests. That is until last year when Jesse Betteridge, the host of, of the Zan in Canada podcast and the great Fred Schott, joined us at Anime North, which, looking back, was really a combination of good organization, determination, and a stroke of good luck. Kudos to you, Mike. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the good news is that we've long had agreements from some people to do the show, which we'll try to cash in on in the near future. And as we get more comfortable doing this, we'll feel more comfortable asking others to do interviews and maybe even regular roundtables. So the feeling out process of doing this show remotely continues on every front, even in terms of the means by which we're recording this. To that end, while I was overall happy with the Zoomcast we did a few weeks ago, despite some technical issues, we are using another service to record this episode tonight as a request of our guest. I don't know how you feel about this, guys, but I'm sort of looking forward to this one. So to give you a sense of how we how little I've been keeping up, as we were planning the last episode of the roundtable a couple weeks ago, it was, I think, James that told me about anime lockdown. I mean, with all the cancellations going around, and it's not just anime-related events, of course, Avoid has nicely opened up concerning the lack of anime events and the fact that if such a thing were to be held, it would have to be held in a virtual form 
which probably says a lot about how the resulting anime lockdown went. And while we've given our initial impressions as we taped two weeks ago towards the end of day one, obviously we've had more time to think about it since it's long over. But instead of the four of us talking about it, the main guy behind Anime Lockdown has decided to join us tonight to reflect on it. Anime Lockdown's host, JP, joins us on the Zencast this evening, and I will hit the mute button on him and say good evening, JP. How's it going? Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Ah, well, first of all, how many beers have you had already? Um, uh, Four or five. I threw out the cans, so I no longer have an accurate number. Oh, I have well. two in front of me right now, pending the length of this show. I think I think the correct question would be, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm a big fan of Modelo because it's cheap and it tastes good enough. You know, unfortunately, I can't like I'm horrible with alcohol. And I said I'd have a coffee tonight, yeah, but I did. didn't even have time to do that. Make one. So where do we start? OK, first of all, how um, you've given a sense of how, how the pandemic has how you've been spending it, uh, JP. Still at home, I'm guessing. I, I am my I work in film for a living and all the film sets in New York where I reside, uh, they shut down in mid-March. So I've been out of work since I think March 12th was was about it. It was okay. just right before the bars and the schools closed. All the film sets shut down. OK, so. Yeah, that's uh, well, I mean, I think I think we're, that makes the makes two of us. I think I, I've been out of work since a few days after that. And I think the other three here have been at least uh, had something to do at home, to be fair to them. <laughs> but it's, it just sounds like you've been kept nicely busy, though. So how have the last two weeks been uh, after all this is done? I mean, I'm looking at your YouTube channel. You have 10 videos up now, I can, uh, by my count. Uh, is that all of them? Is that No, it's not. The, uh... there, there were 25, I think maybe 28 total programming slots. Uh, I've been going through the archive fairly slowly because it, it takes a long time to render them. Uh, for whatever reason, the first couple I did, maybe it was because they were just still images. Those were a lot faster to do. But now that I'm getting through the more complicated panels, it, it takes about two hours to get one onto YouTube, like from from starting to edit to posting it. And so I've been doing a couple a day, taking breaks here and there, because like when I'm rendering, that's the only thing I can use my computer for. <laughs> and so I don't want to totally live in lockdown world. Um, but I've, I've also been uh, getting back into writing music and uh, I finally beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. So things have been great. Uh, I just need to find <laughs> more things to do because I'm going to get bored pretty quick. What are your thoughts on the remake? I, oh, wow. I, I liked it a lot. That sounds like it could be its own podcast, but I will say that I uh, <laughs> I thought it was slow at times. The changes didn't bother me because I can always play the original. Uh, I'm very curious to see where they're going to take it because a lot of people forget how goofy that game is. And this is a very edgy remake of that very goofy game. But it does have a bit of a different tone. It uh, Quite quite a bit. Um, but I, I've, I very much enjoyed it. And I look forward to where they uh, take it next. Hmm. My memory of it is it was still like I found it fairly dark to start, but the the designs always had a little thing to it. Now that the designs are completely different, I mean, they yeah, I can I can sense where you your thoughts on uh, the edginess would come. Is it it's like just, as it's edgy a, as Advent Children was? I would. Yeah, <laughs> that's a comparison that I see a lot of people making. Oh, OK. Okay. Uh, so 
Where do we start now? Um, how have you how have you felt uh, beyond, uh, aside from all the work? How have you felt in the last couple of weeks after all this has uh, gone down? I'm I'm happy that everybody had a good time. That's kind of my biggest takeaway from it. It's really weird for me because it doesn't feel like it happened. If that makes sense, hmm. like it 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 was just this bizarre thing. I did it for a month, then it happened, and now it's over. And I I'm I'm kind of at a loss of what to do next because I, I was really busy for for several weeks like working 13 14 hours a day trying to get the con prepared um but and then the response has been really it. positive um and uh you know i've been doing a few post-con interviews which have been fun um but i'm, I'm really just looking forward to seeing where the industry goes because there's a lot of uh online cons that are popping up now i think a lot of people were watching us to see if we could pull it off and then when we did I noticed like the next week it was like, we're doing one, we're doing one, we're doing one, we're doing one. And I think that's great. Um, it could be good. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this a, a, a little bit more in the, um, amongst the others, but I know anime North finally made their announcement on their online event, which will take place in, what is it in July, in late July, yeah. coincidentally on the, well, yeah. Uh, Momiji's online experience for, Moe. Oh God, really? It's a very different uh, convention, though, because it looks like they want to do it in thirty-minute bites, and it looks like it's going to be more pre-recorded and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And they said some people may get more time, but it depends on what their proposals are. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, as I said, now now everybody's kind of getting on board with it, and. As we're talking, Anime Central is actually doing its online thing this weekend as well, or as we speak. They are. I was watching it before we started this. I think they're done with their programming for the day, but they have a. It looks they're like a rave, rave going on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about. Well, I don't know where. How do we? Like, where do we go from here? We've just uh, talked about looking back, and what what type of stuff do we want to talk about uh, when we start looking back on this one? Let's go a little bit. Like, wh where did your uh, thoughts to actually doing an online convention start to come in for you, JP? Because um, looking at the timeline, just judging from the website, this happened really fast. And, and that's been, like, said en masse. But uh, I want to hear in your words. Uh, the very first time I talked about it was a, it was a couple days after I'd lost my job. Um, I just was you know not a lot to do a bunch of cons were getting canceled i think my old local con uh anime detour had just announced that it was canceling and so a lot of i, I grew up in in minnesota i lived there for 30 years before moving to new york and and so a lot of my friends were were naturally upset they understood why it was happening but you know you, you can't help but be bummed out by that and i i posted like what if we just do our own con you know, what if we what if we do some online thing? You know, we could get some panels, maybe get people to send pictures of cosplay. I don't know. Just an idea. And I didn't talk about it for the next two weeks. because <laughs> it's, it's something like we thought, oh, yeah, that might be cool. And then just kind of push it aside. So that basically takes you to towards the end of March. If yes. I, if I'm thinking correctly here. The, that is correct. So the next time I, I, I had the idea, and this is when it really took off, was the weekend that Anime Detour would have happened. So now my same friends are bummed because not only did their con not happen, but now it's con weekend and it's really set in. They're like, oh man, this is the first detour we've missed in 10 years. And um, 
I said, you know, we, we had that idea to do an online thing. I give, give me a couple weeks. I'll see what I can put together. And then, uh, <laughs> I posted like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing an online convention. What should we call it? And uh, a friend of mine named Rosa was like, anime lockdown seems like it'd be a cool name. And I made the Twitter account like the next day, uh, workshopped a logo. And then if you look on, on the, the Twitter, it's Anna lockdown con, I believe the very first tweet was a month before it might not have even been a full month. It might've been 27 days before the con. It just says, I'm thinking about doing an online con that any, anybody interested. <laughs> and, um, it was just word of mouth from there. And, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. that's, I'll, I'll admit that's how I found out about it. I was through, I think it was James who told me is James willing yeah. to fess up to that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, I think uh, both me and Kevin found out. We probably found out from the same sources, which is uh, discotech Twitter. I think fandom post had a thing in their forums about it as well. So word of mouth uh, very much helped you. And yeah, it was mostly through Anna Twitter for me. See, these two only told me about it. I think as we were preparing to make to record the last episode, which was on the day, the night before anime. <laughs> I feel lockdown. like it was a week or a, was week, a week before. Yeah, a week before. Oh, so was it before? <laughs> like when we decided to test Zoom for the first time, or test Zoom again, or for the second time to see if this could work as a medium by which we could record something like that. But it, I didn't know about it for like oh, like in le- less than a week before it happened. I think so. You go on, you ask, and you start to get the responses from what I could gather here. Yes. Oh, boy. And I know you've told the story already in the uh, closing ceremonies that um, you got kind of overwhelmed. Uh, yeah, well, so, so when I when I first uh, posted that, like, hey, I might do this convention thing, I remember joking with my roommate, like, I don't see a lot of people doing this this could get big and that's kind of scary and we weren't the first people to do it i want to make that abundantly clear um but there weren't the same number of online conventions that we're seeing now and i think that's i think it was really just timing and and so when 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 i started to get bigger and bigger uh panels and guests on board it it really uh it really did get very overwhelming uh the first person to reach out to me i believe was veronica taylor uh the voice of ask at ash ketchum uh from the original pokemon dub yes and um, then i uh i reached out to kyle Abear and then he agreed to do it and then i think it might have been the same week uh discotech asked if they could do a panel and they, it, so it was just like a lot well, of them came to you most of them did. Right stuff submitted their panel through the panel submission form. Oh wow! Right there, approved. And it, it was it was very fortunate timing because I had I had a, a spot that I needed to fill because somebody had dropped out, and they happened to put their availability for the exact time slot that I needed to fill. <laughs> Sometimes became... it's better to be lucky, right? Then. Uh... Nothing wrong with luck. Luck's a good skill to have. Come on. Oh, boy. Well, I, I mean, uh, like, so Veronica Taylor, she she just uh, replied to your tweet or something? Yeah, she or tweeted at me. Because I, I, I had said wow. something like, hey, I don't know if I'm comfortable asking people to be guests because, like, you know, we're just an indie thing. We don't have a budget or anything. But if anybody knows any voice actors that would be interested in in being a part of this, let me know. Maybe tag them. Talk to your favorite voice actors. 
And she responded like, I'm very interested in doing this. And I, uh, I DM'd her like, hey, uh, here's my contact information. You know, I'd love to talk to you more about this. And okay. um, yeah, it just kind of went from there. She's very, very nice. Oh, she's a sweetheart. I will uh, back. I will back that one up from experience because um, I tell the other others this uh, long before. But I think uh, I when I was involved with Fan Expo, and this was like I think two thousand two, two thousand three. I think she came to Fan Expo. I wasn't called that then here in Toronto, but she did come up here, and she was with her daughter. Did and I hosted her Q and A, and her daughter. Just uh, she mentioned in in your Q and A that she was just about to graduate from college, which meant she was probably no more than no older than like a primary school kid at the time. At the time uh, I met her, and I hosted her Q and A. She was only doing she was only there I think on the Friday and Saturday. Did the Q and A on the Friday. Did an autograph session on the Saturday, and that was that was her the extent of her um her appearance there that that year. She came back uh, from, from I understand in 2019 last year. But uh, she was, she was a really, um, a really polite, charming woman to deal with, and uh, yeah, I, I think that, she, that's the memories I have of her. It's a very good memory. I get the vibe that she genuinely enjoys doing these these types of events because mm-hmm. she did one the weekend before ours, and then she was doing another one. I think the day after our interview, um, which is is just incredible. Hmm. Because like a lot of these online shows, like we can't pay appearance fees because we're just people in our apartments. We're not big oh, yeah. companies, and so uh, yeah, it was it was really special that she uh, volunteered to do it. No, that uh, that sounded like something she would do, and I, I could t- I could tell in those both those Q and As, uh, you kind of geeked out, admittedly, when I you did. heard about their <laughs> when when you heard about their um, technical setups, their microphones and record and computers they were recording on. Because in those interviews, they uh, hinted that they had been working from home, and much of it was some recording work. And they talked about their setups, <laughs> yeah. and you sounded like you were really curious about those setups. Yeah, I'm an audio technician by trade. And so I caught myself, I, th- I think it was with Kyle, I caught myself like, okay, we need to move on because this could go on the whole interview. <laughs> well, no, you had my attention too. I mean, we're in this age where um, like now that, that this show is uh, starting to do things remotely, we're all checking up on the type of equipment we're using. And, you know, we taped a couple episodes just on a single Yeti mic. Nice. In the middle of, in, in between all four of us. Instead of using our usual setup, nothing like recording in a closet. Oh no, no, no! Closets, uh, closet on a technical sense is actually very keen and and works perfectly, right? As long as you have clothes in the closet. If it's an empty closet, oh, yeah. it's not going to sound good. You have to absorb <laughs> something to absorb, basically, right? Yes. But it was uh, no. The, 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 those were some very smart setups, from what I heard, from what they described. Yeah, they're they're also like very high end setups. Both of I believe both of them had the same setup. Probably about three or four grand worth of stuff, but that's how Easily. they make a living. No, but but it's necessary for them. Just oh yeah, one hundred exactly for what the reason you just said. Whereas for us, we're just here hobbyists, right? That's the uh, that's the ZenCaster um, that's the ZenCaster uh, plan we're on right now. We're just hobbyists. <laughs> Is that what it's called? That's what they refer to as the as their um, lower tier p- plan that we're uh, testing this on. Nice. There is uh, something a little the the paid plan is a little bit more extensive. That's another story. As I said, um, we're admittedly testing out a couple of different um, recording recording um, sites and software, and 
you know, I'm glad you asked me to try one of these, uh, JP. Yeah. Because um, you said you were curious about Zencaster. Well, cause you you told me that you were thinking about three different softwares that you wanted to try out for this. And I, I requested Zencaster uh, because of the three that you mentioned. This seems like something that I might use uh, myself. It's really cool. I'm sure your listeners love to know these details. Uh, you, as the host, techie. are able to like control our recordings, and it records all of our local audio and then puts it in the Dropbox automatically. Or, or we can, or in the server itself, and then we, at, at which point we can download it into our into our own computers. It's incredible. And then I almost like in testing that last night. Accident actually. Um, I, I was looking around the whole um the whole interface, and then I uh, beside James' name, there's the like there was the word kick, and I clicked <laughs> yeah. on it, and I almost I kicked kicked James off. So. Oh, nice. Oh, I, I, I don't have that because I'm not the host. Yeah, but the host has the host has that option. So that's funny. You don't see that. Uh, the other you guys don't see it, but uh, unfortunately, I do. Yeah. So okay, so let's uh, talk about the a few of the little ins and outs that caught my attention about or caught our collective attention. I guess I hope on in on the convention, the Discord. Okay. James, I know you want to come in now. Uh, th- this is where you, I hope you can explain this to me a little better. Discord was something that I had yet to try out myself. I like James, I know, is a little bit more into Discord than I would be. So, yeah, and they've grown quite a bit. And it was kind of fortuitous for them because when Nintendo started, like it, Splatoon, when that launched, they kind of started getting bigger and started that. And because Nintendo's online is garbage, Basically, that's why people who want to do voice and all that stuff, that's how we did it. That's how we're still doing it. Mm, so it's a voice thing. Like the, I didn't really go through the Discord that much myself. Uh, I, I just ended, I ended up perceiving it more as just chat boards and stuff. But it sounds like it's a lot more extensive than just that. Yeah, they've added video features now and stuff like that in streaming that you can share screen and stuff like that, which they've never had. So they've added a lot within... Uh, the past year but the other thing i know is that it was interesting i wasn't in the discord as much i did uh, explore jp but it was interesting what you decide to do with that and make it kind of like the dealer's room the artist alley you had those little con jokes as you said and stuff like that the broken elevator and the wedding and the bar and that Ugh. we have to talk about the uh, that metaphor in a, in a little bit <laughs> I mean, right away, it already feels like a typical, uh, like the past two anime Norths for me when I was taping, when we were taping the podcast there, uh, did a lot of things, but I almost never saw the artist alley and the, <laughs> and the dealer's room. I saw, I saw it, but I didn't really get a chance to appreciate, uh, go, really go around it and get, really get anything out of it myself, but I can only speak for myself. So in many ways, it's the typical con. It's been the typical con experience for me for the last couple of years. I was gonna say, like thinking about it, that is probably one of uh, the innovative ways I want to think because I wouldn't have thought to get the artist alley and then the dealer's room through that method because we're so used to like these different stream events, especially on the video game side. And usually, obviously, there's a physical event going on at the same time. So usually. It's mostly through that streaming platform, usually YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. And so you don't usually think about that end of it. So it's kind of nice to have all those kind of parts put together and you can still make it happen. It's a bit 
different to say the least, especially I'm sure for the dealers and the artists in that, because there's a lot more back and forth and stuff like that instead of like having a rush of people in that. But hey, as you said, it's like it gives them something uh, to do and maybe they'll make some more contacts. And it looked like there were some different people you wouldn't normally see, obviously, at our local cons because you were able to get people from across the world. More or less. Oh, uh, Kevin, go ahead. Did you receive any feedback from the vendors, JP? Um, in in regards to their experience, or yeah, experience, like how well they did. Any any feedback from their end? Oh, you you actually are reminding me that I set up a feedback box that I forgot to read. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. but uh, over overwhelmingly, uh, we received positive feedback from the vendors. Um, I didn't work personally with the vendors. That was my friend Tony that worked with them. Oh, but yeah, he re- he he reported to me that that the vendors were very very happy with their experience, and some of them said that they had a better experience working with Tony than they have with the uh, people in charge of vendors at some conventions that they've actually traveled to. Oh God! <laughs> Which, I uh, wow. <laughs> That that's a that seemed to be a line from a fair number of congoers from what I could gather. I, I mean, they're, they're, those are their words and not mine. I didn't get to really go to my own convention, so I can't really comment on it. <laughs> I was well, running it, tech the entire time. I was thinking about busy set the closing ceremonies too. Tony had to set up all those authorizations for all the vendors and the artists and stuff like that, and that takes time. And it's like, oh man, so it was incredible at all kind of came together and stuff like that. I'm sure there were little hiccups, but you seemed to be getting through and get everything done. And the other thing was it seemed that obviously you need moderation. That seemed to be going okay on that end too. I was especially impressed with the, I didn't see YouTube, but I was mostly on Twitch. I have to say the most well-behaved Twitch chat <laughs> I've seen in a very long time. Many people said that, and I know you said that too. It was like a miracle from God above, right? Yeah, we really we lucked out on that. Um, and I, I think that some of that comes from just that I really encouraged positivity throughout the entire weekend. Um, one of the things I said at opening ceremonies was like, look, we're all here because we love anime. Let's keep it to anime, manga, gaming related things. We can go back to arguing about everything else on Monday and people just, I don't know. It worked. (laughs) And yeah, I think the other thing too is you said as well as you said, we know about Twitch in that where they say they took the whole raid culture and said, okay, we'll try to make it positive. So after you're done your stream, you can send your uh, viewers to another uh, stream and stuff like that. And you said, well, that's nice, but I don't think we want to do that because heaven forbid they come in at the wrong time, right? Yeah, I turned that off. The moment I saw that feature, I was like, nope, disabled. (laughs) yeah like you gotta always check those things because heaven forbid right it's an interesting feature but uh no i didn't i didn't want to take any chances um and we we took similar precautions in the discord fortunately people were very behaved in the discord there were a few things that fell through the cracks we're going to work better towards um that with more moderators and some automated uh moderation but for the most part uh people were really cool um Oh, oh yeah. There's some of the sorry. The beers all just caught up with me. Uh, some of the oh, things that we did to um, counteract some of uh, potential problems that we saw at other online conventions, we disabled pictures in most channels. 
um, mm-hmm. because there there was an online convention the previous week that somebody raided their channel and posted a bunch of inappropriate photographs. And we didn't want that to go down. So we limited photos to like one category. And we're like, if, if, if it gets abused, we can turn it off instantly. Basically, basically control it. Yeah, it was all it was all very localized. Um, yeah, it's a tough word to use, but I get where you're going with that. Yeah. I, I, on that note, uh, first of all, you, um, like I, I listened to the to the um, Anna Gamers uh, podcast earlier, and uh, the gang there, Ink, uh, Ink, and um, they had Surat on, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Evan Minto. Evan Minto, that's his name. I'm sorry, and I, I and my apologies to Evan out there because uh, <laughs> I did enjoy the burger the burger time stuff a couple uh, on that night whenever I could watch it. No, they were, they, they, um, they, they showed a lot of empathy towards you. I, I mean, I can see it because like they said, you were living the typical life of somebody running a, of a con staffer, which meant you had no time, no, no real no. time to yourself. You were just on uh, like, it was like 16 hours a day running, running, on, running constantly. If whatever that, or whatever proper metaphor could be used in this, in the context. Right. Yeah, and it, it sounded like it because you were there. <laughs> and no, it sounded like it seriously because you were on ball on the ball for every single panel that was there, hosting it, moderating it. Um, you know, you you did the intros for each of them, and I know the story behind the um, the slides, which oh yeah, which uh, is is hilarious. Which I have to bring that up a bit. Uh, I'll bring that up in a couple seconds. Um, and. I think people were, they were also impressed with the way you handled the questions because I know you encouraged the line, you encouraged the voicemail line. Yeah. But it didn't get more used a asked, ton. Yeah. And you didn't, I didn't hear it used too much, but you seem to, you, you seem to at least um, screen, do a bit better job screening it through the actual, you know, through the actual um, text chat that, uh, that was going throughout each of the, each of the panels and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think given the circumstances, we did a fairly good job at that. Uh, the voicemail was an idea that I had that I thought would get used more. I'm I'm a little happy that it didn't because I think it would have turned out to be more of a headache uh, if if I got tons and tons of voicemails. Um, I know the voice actors did get some. The industry panels got a lot of voicemails, but neither of them had time for questions. Uh, mm-hmm. The voice actor panels, we actually had a system in place where Tony moderated the chat and then dropped questions into a Google Doc that would live update as I was looking at it. So he would just, if he saw a question, he'd put it in there. It didn't matter what it was. And then I would screen the questions as the interview was going. Which, which was a good thing, because um, that's not something you see, uh, obviously, in regular in in-person conventions. They, a con goer, a fan would just come up to the mic, and you really wouldn't have a clue what question was about to come <laughs> Yeah. No, you would, you would know. It'd be more than a question. It'd just be a long uh, something. Yeah, or they would ask li- that how then, how can they become a voice actor? And stuff like that. It, sometimes those things, those moments though have led to some awkward moments. I mean, from my uh, experience watching these things. Yeah. It, it also, it leads to some really awesome moments. My favorite incidents of that, I don't know if you're familiar, is at like a World of Warcraft convention where some guy's like, I just read The Shattering and the recent patch contradicts that entire story. And then they went <laughs> and they patched the game to fix it. And then they made that guy that asked the question a character in the game. 
<laughs> World of Warcraft. Wow. Way to go. Yeah. Wow. That's great. It's so, it's, look, I think he's called Red Shirt Guy. It's definitely the, worth looking into. The po- it's the, like, it's the positive, it's the positive parts of, of gaming, of, of our geek culture sometimes too. I mean, it sometimes gets a lot of flack. Yeah. In some instances, but then there's, there's a lot of then, but it can be quite inclusive too. It can be, it, well, we, we, well, I hate to bring this one up because we, we talk about inclusivity and exclusivity and, uh, well, I mean, at Anime North, we constantly talk about how inclusive it tends to be. And I know there were questions of, of inclusivity in the, in the days, um, after, at the end of, of, uh, lockdown. Oh, yes. Yes. That, that, so, that was a concern that was brought up. Yeah. Then that was a, in a, Kind of came like I, I, uh, we, uh, Kevin passed me the um article. I looked at it and oh, we are bringing this up. It was okay. weird to read. It was a weird, a weird one to read. Kevin, you, you want to say anything about that one? Or oh, wait, did somebody write an article about us not having enough diversity? I didn't, I didn't see this article. And it wasn't, no, it wasn't, it wasn't specifically that. It, it was, was more the, um, it was essentially somebody covering the whole, uh, Twitter conversations between uh, Time Enforcer and Nubis and uh, Gabamatic, who uh, oh yes, yes. N. Well, they'll, they'll, that's two different conversations because the the inclusivity and the Time Enforcer Nubis were were two separate incidents. Because um, I saw uh, Erica Friedman talk about how we had mostly male panelists, and I reached out to her and, and talked to her about how in the future we can reach a more uh, diverse panel uh, uh, community. I don't know what the word is, uh, but then yes, the the other that that also happened. But I don't know if those are necessarily the same conversation. It's mm-hmm. maybe, oh, yeah, yeah. I, you're talking about. I think, uh, I think they're different. Was, I was thinking. Yeah, it was what happened after that. Yes, I was thinking the comments in the closing ceremony. But it's interesting that you said it was uh, Erica Friedman because I know she's always uh, coming to uh, TCAF Toronto. Uh, comics fest and she's going to her panels they're very educational stuff like that but i'm sure uh, she would understand stuff like that as you said you were for a month just going at it and stuff like that and i guess as you said you were worried well is are people going to show up right because you never know right yeah especially well, for a first time and you and tony are just two guys you know what i mean so <laughs> it's well, like you just kind of have to see how it goes and as you said it's like you talk to them and she said okay i understand that and then you move forward right it well and it was a it was a totally fair criticism and it was something that i when i saw the schedule for the first time i was like this is going to come up and i need to be ready for it and i need to be ready to talk to people about how to do better in the future and and i did talk about it in closing ceremonies that the 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 mistake that i made was that i approved panels too quickly and it's because mm-hmm. I wanted to get yeah. this out the door. I was worried that if I if there was too much time between announcing the con and having the con, that people would forget about it. Um, and so that resulted in a lot of paranoia of not being able to fill the schedule. And that's how the schedule ended up the way that it did. If I did it again, uh, I would limit people to one panel each. And then that would have allowed for a much more uh, diverse um, uh, variety of, of uh, panelists. Because we did receive a lot of late last minute submissions uh that i think would have yeah. um fulfilled that a lot better. and that is normal and stuff like that jp is like sometimes you don't think about that in the moment right and other I, people yeah. i know they had a gamers podcast said the same thing for first con 
time runners and stuff like that where it's like they're like okay are people going to show up and then sometimes they might bring a family member or someone else you know saying hey can you fill a spot and stuff like that <laughs> so and they don't think you know i better just wait till the last minute because you're gonna have all the early birds the mushy yeah. middle and then all the late comers and trust me there will be late submissions but i and, can understand uh, i know that now. Uh, i can understand like the fear of not having enough content as well I, I will say that I'm I'm very happy with the programming that we did have, despite that uh, shortcoming. Um, there there were some some very big surprises. The hentai panel, I think a lot of people were surprised by that it was like a, a, a like a pro consent inclusivity hentai panel, and I don't think anybody expected. I, I have that. to say, I, I watched that JT and the G-rated uh, hentai panels. I like to call it is it was quite good. It was quite interesting, the banter between those two. And I know you were really worried there, and I was in there <laughs> watching it. And don't yeah. worry, Twitch still kept on going for us, even though you put the backup up. Yeah. It was just, they kept on, on the left side of our screens for the viewers. They just kept on putting yours down, like, so that you wouldn't see it. Because, obviously, maybe they have something in their system <laughs> that they're worried about. I don't know. Yeah, but I... They were kicking you down below all our other uh, people that we had. Yeah, I mean, we made it through, and I, I had planned for stuff like that. I had two backups ready to go if uh, the Twitch ended up getting shut down. Uh, but I was I, I was in regular communication with Bella and Russell uh, leading up to that panel, and they, they'd showed me their slides well in advance, and I was like, okay, well, here we go. It's now or never. <laughs> Let's talk about this. No, anything else you want to say on that? Cause, oh, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say... Wasn't there a brief moment where it kind of, I felt like the feed had cut off for a brief moment and then it got recovered. What happened there? Um, I, I know that on uh, Friday, Friday, there was an issue during the last panel of the night. Uh, but I, I'm not aware of any issues that happened the rest of the weekend. I mean, I know some people there was lag, some people that did cut out, uh, but I was monitoring the signal on my end. So I think some of those issues were, a per person basis but on on uh friday it did absolutely die for a while because yeah i i know friday i i think it was devil man that oh yeah yeah that devil man that the youtube the got one. killed during that yes yeah uh but the the final panel and then i think for saturday it may have been uh it may have been multiple users but probably not it wasn't Twitch taking it down because that was that was my fear at that moment. <laughs> yeah, the um the problem I had on Friday, yeah, because we, we were originally gonna stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Originally I only wanted to do Twitch, but I, I tried the others out based on uh people requesting them. Facebook got killed before the con started. Wow. Uh it got triggered by our royalty free stream safe music that I bought well <laughs> licensed from a stream safe site that said this is safe to use on your streams and youtube cut us off within 30 minutes of starting the stream uh or not not youtube oh, facebook um and you said that was the elevator music that people could get yes. and stuff like that and use it for either their yes. phone like if someone's on hold and stuff like that so that's kind of crazy <laughs> especially since you said you tested that too before the con like i did well what what was interesting is is i i tested it before the con with music that i wrote myself oh. um and so it's cool. possible that these uh, uh, musical artists have submitted their music to a variety of other services, so they might just be part of the algorithm. 
Whereas stuff that I wrote is not going to be part of the algorithm. I feel bad okay. for anybody that found that 20 hour stream of me looping four songs. I wrote on repeat. <laughs> hey, that, that takes talent, dude. That, that, that takes effort and talent to write anything like that. So, well, okay, let's talk. Uh, I guess I want to get to ask a little bit about some of the technical stuff because um, sure. I heard about, you know, the many of the panelists having to, you know, send Dropbox all their uh, Dropbox, all their slides to you so that, and then they'd basically be controlling, uh, you'd be controlling the flow of the slides. That is correct. And they'd have to give you a cue, kind of like a film strip. I don't know if anyone know if you, if anyone here understands the idea of a film of the old film strips in school back, back then, uh, back in the, uh, Okay, it's maybe before most of your time. I'm, I'm trying to think. Is this the projector where you had to push the button to go to the next slide? Yeah, sort of that. Well, that's the um, that's the yeah the projector slides and the film film strips was like a, a like a 35 millimeter, and then usually it's accompanied by an audio some audio cues. Uh, basically, it would be like a uh, basically um yeah still oh, folder document. I remember that we did for I know what you're beep. talking about. Beep. Or like the, the books on tape, please turn to the next page at the ding. <laughs> ding. That's basically what I was thinking. And, and, and when I was when I was personally in elementary school, it would get a whole lot of fun when um the when the slides got out of sync. When the <laughs> got out of sync. That, that's where it got really fun. But um, by the most for the most part, that was handled okay. That, I found that handled okay. Yeah, that that came from me being a control freak. I'll 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 take the blame there. Um, no, that understand. I, I think I know where you're going with that because it, too many hands in the cookie jar. Well, I was one thing. Originally, it was because I didn't want to do any screen sharing because uh, I worry about lag and delay and and relying on people's internet. And I didn't want anybody to put their webcam up, and so that mm -hmm. was a way that I could control that that's not going to happen. I didn't want any webcams, period. I even didn't, didn't even let the guests use webcams. Um, but it also, uh, because a lot of people had clips, it gave me independent control over the volume of their clips. Okay. Whereas if they were streaming with Zoom, you know, they could jump up and down. If you notice, there was a few panels where clips didn't play loud enough or they played too loud. There was about four panels that had Zoom uh that i i made exceptions for and those were the panels where where mistakes like that were happening and that's not the fault of the panelists that's just a limitation with that software and the technology and yes. generally speaking um so, i mean we knew we, we knew you set your setup you showed us your setup for that weekend <laughs> i wanted to gloat i was really proud of of how i put things together and how it probably stayed stayed afloat yeah because every panel happened on time so seriously all wi-fi though all wi-fi yeah i could I, yeah we that, that's impressive i didn't have a yeah, choice we heard that story about wi-fi and we heard you talking about running a cord like 150 foot cosine through your window through a locked window i guess because it's in the basement for the yeah. router of your belly side and i'm just thinking picturing that in my mind like that's insane and then you were saying because new york City and all that about well what happens if someone comes by and just pulls it yeah, and you said something to the effect that, oh no, they wouldn't do that. It'd just be a homeless guy. They'd probably just urinate on him or something <laughs> like that. And yeah, so, yeah. I, I I have that dark and crass humor too. So I had a very good laugh at that when you well, said that in the closing ceremony. It, it wasn't just Wi-Fi. It is it shared Wi-Fi with the first floor of my apartment building. <laughs> so there's okay. uh, probably six people watching Netflix at any given point. 
Oh wow! Um, oh, which is which is uh, well, whereas in Kevin's case, you only need to have one, and it might <laughs> it might go out on him. <laughs> yeah, I I did about two weeks of of testing with that before I was comfortable. Um, who's it, who's your provider? Like, uh, what we kind have of Fios. You're uh, okay. I had for the for the most part of the weekend, it was like sixty up, sixty down. Um. The parts where it cr- started to crash at like one in the morning, it went down to 12 up and down, which should still be enough to host a Twitch thing. But that's when maybe it was just the sudden drop is what freaked OBS out. Did, did that have anything to do with why the webcams weren't an option, like just speed wise or just um, like... that's part of why I didn't want to do it, because when when you introduce webcams, now I'm relying on my Internet and your Internet. Um, but also when there's four or five panelists, how do I make that look good on, on, a on a stream? Um, but I also didn't want, uh, it was brought up to me by a potential panelist who did not end up presenting that they don't want anybody looking into their living room. And, uh, that's when I was like, yep, yeah, we're not doing webcams at all. Um, because privacy is a pretty big deal. A lot of the people that did panels didn't even use their real names. So why should you get to see their face and see where they live? Um, Understood. So yeah, it's, uh, it's it's honestly very refreshing. Like especially with this lockdown, everyone doing video calls. Just a non-video call kind of situation is, is very refreshing. I think it yeah, also I just kind of looks tacky, and a lot of times the audio and and visuals are out of sync. I just I didn't want any part of it. And pro- well, yeah, and I guess now that you bring it up. Uh, you make me think. Does it really add anything to for to that though? Yeah, it, it, it can. It depends. I mean, nobody had any visual panels in terms of like having to do a demo, um, just so that of themselves. Yeah, and that doesn't that mean that my approach was the right approach. But that's I, I feel vindicated having done it and seeing that other people shared my uh, concern. Like, no, we're happy that you didn't do webcams. You know, we don't want webcams because it's like, do you really need to see a person talk and not do anything <laughs> for an hour? Like, it's that's uh, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, James, did you want to add anything? Yeah, no, I was thinking that less is more and stuff like that. And we talk about privacy concerns and stuff like that. And I think of the old thing of you have to have your credit card on the Internet. I rather do it, not give it at all and stuff like that. So if they give me that option. I say you're not keeping it at all. And that's like mm-hmm. simplistic, but it's a security thing. And it's the same thing with this. And we've seen it where you never know what can happen if someone has a camera on them. So it's better just say, okay, give me an image you're comfortable with. That's professional. We'll put it up there and hey, we'll know who it is. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, and well, I think it worked very well. And it's probably the best way I think to do it. It's like less is more. Yeah, I was I, like, there was a part of me wondering when I first saw the first first panel, I, I thought, okay, it's just still images. But then I didn't miss it. I didn't miss. I didn't miss not uh, miss that. So it, it didn't take detract from the experience at all. Well, I think so, it, so it was it was a fair move. I think it would have made the. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of simplicity. I think it would have made the screen too much to look at. It would have been too jumbled. Like I, I wanted a very simple, clean aesthetic. I didn't want to have to move it around too much and just like too many moves. It's setting up webcams for every single panel would have been a nightmare. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this from, uh, from uh, at least the way I uh, consumed it myself over that weekend. 
it was a bit of a passive listen, uh, some passive listening too, almost like uh, listening to the radio. Yeah, it was relaxing in some, in many ways. I could do so. I could uh, do something else while listening to while listening to a panel. Mm. And that's that's a different type of experience. But uh, I actually enjoyed that, uh, enjoying it that way. But it was a different like that's go goes once again to the theme of this was just a different type of uh, anime gathering. It's funny that you mentioned that because I based the entire workflow off of my experience working in radio. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just ran I, a three-day radio show. Well, and I've always and I've always um <clears throat> been I I've always uh expressed my uh how much I enjoy listening to radio more than more often than not, right? So yeah, yeah. um yeah, I think uh I think we uh I, I think we're in agreement on that. Actually, now you now just to lighten uh, lighten the mood just a little bit. You 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 kind of used um you know the Twitch and the Discord and YouTube, kind of using them together and using them all as a metaphor for a, an actual con venue. The Twitch being <laughs> the panel room, and yeah. then the Discord basically being the rest of the hotel and the dealers' rooms and stuff. And you got and. James kind of joked around about the uh, joked around about the metaphor of other events going on, like the Johnson wedding or the uh, broken elevator in the Johnson wedding. You don't know, you know how right you were about it, but it made us laugh about this thing, the type of things that, like, it made us laugh because um, of how true that metaphor was. I thought, but I thought it was hilarious. I'm, the I'm whole glad Johnson that you like that. Gag. No, because we can kind of relate. Um, Oh yeah, I think we've yeah. all been to a con where there's a wedding. No, yeah, but uh, our our version of it is a little bit more of the national level because um yeah oh yeah okay we're gonna they, the the others know what we're I'm about to bring up because Anime North and Fan Expo two both um conventions have taken place in the same venues at one time or another of various conservative conventions. Oh yeah. Two, yeah, have you heard about this? Both times, <laughs> yo, you know about this story? No, I don't. But when you said national, the first thing I thought about was when there was a neo-Nazi protest, like two blocks from Otakon, like last year. Oh, like, oh, is yeah. he going to talk about that? that? Oh boy. Oh well, we, we have we've had too. we've had reli- uh, religious groups protest yeah, religious uh, years in a row at um at uh, Anime North, and I guess we were expecting. You know, we were, I guess we were expecting a, a three-peat this year. but uh, It was kind of you know. crazy about that, Mike, because I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're very religious, so why aren't you at church? You know what I mean? It's like- <laughs> because they, they made their protest on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Their protest was on a Sunday. That was the story behind but that. you know what? I'll tell you this, Mike. Hey, if I'm going to hell, at least I know I'm going to be warm where I'm going. <laughs> oh, way That's to go. Yeah, way to go. Look, look, look at things on the bright side. Actually, um. What was it? I think it was a uh, two years ago. Was it or three years ago? Twenty seven. Oh yeah, twenty. Um, I think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, the, yeah. It was, uh, was twenty seventeen. Anime North took place the same weekend as the um, Federal Conservative Leadership Convention, and they elected um, Andrew, Andrew Shear as their leader. He would have been like if they won the if they won the election back in um, in uh, last year. I think it was in October. Um, he would have been now Canada's prime minister. Basically, that wow. was the convention to decide the leader, the leader of the other major party here. And that and I think uh, years before years before that, uh, Anime North, the Toronto Congress Center was also host to another um, to another policy conservative convention. policy convention. And we and there were some uh, articles about how some con goers actually went 
they were registered uh, registered um, Conservative Party members and actually did take a little bit of time away from the convention from Anime North to go to the other convention and actually put in their leadership vote. I mean, that, it doesn't, was, it was, that doesn't surprise me. And there were tweets in that between both things, and they were very jovial, but they were very serious. And that's the thing we always worried about because younger audience and said, if anything happens, basically you're kicked down at the con. It's like, we all got to get along. And yeah. everyone, for the most part, as they said, they were very respectful and we were very happy for that. And the same thing happened many moons ago, the first conservative leadership convention when they unified the progressive conservatives and the uh, reform party that was fan expo their mini con in march and they were at the toronto uh metro convention center and they were in the south building because obviously they were bigger than us and we were in the north and that was interesting especially when you had i remember the one guy of course he was in the sailor moon outfit right like the one bigger guy with a beer in his sailor moon outfit i'm thinking oh man what did the conservatives probably think of that uh- um, Sailor Man, great. The, the well, book. that was kind of funny too because I was walking as I was coming from the subway, and I happened to pass by Peter McKay, and I said uh, hello to him. But I I stuck to my points, and I decided not to be too hard on him and stuff like that. Was because I was still ticked off about him about what he did to the PC party. Yeah, that's another story altogether. Oh, sorry, did you want to say something, oh, JP? So I, I was going to say it's a little more lighthearted. My favorite one was I think it was two years ago at Anime NYC. There was a mm. pet convention in the same <laughs> oh, building. No. And that would be great, especially and, uh, paying pets. I, I went down there and I was like, hey, it's PetCon. Uh, I'd like to buy a badge, please. And they're like, oh, you have to do it online. I'm like, I can't just give you money at the desk. Okay, so I, I pull out my phone. I'm like, what's the website? Okay, I bought my badge. I'm like, okay, I bought one and I showed them my thing. They're like, you're not showing up in the system. Like, I just gave you $75. Let me see the dogs. so she gave me a bracelet it was like all right go in how was it it was like the most heartwarming experience of my life they charge way too much for what it was 75 dollars for a single day pass to this single yes a one day pass to this dog convention well other other pets were there but it was mostly dogs and (laughs) it was like one like gymnasium sized room with mostly vendors and people taking Instagram pictures. There was one area for panels. <laughs> um, it was, it was a very bizarre, but very like, I almost cried. I was so happy. I was surrounded by like 150 dogs. It was, it was, oh, you are a dog person. Oh, I yeah. love dogs. I, yeah, I spent half my person. day at PetCon. <laughs> you enjoy that a lot, way more. I'm guessing. Dogs are the best breed. Well, that's the, uh, <laughs> it just sounded like, a. well, I, I, I never knew of the reverse version actually being so pleasant, actually, actually. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, like... I don't see that happening again, uh, but, uh, that was, that was very nice. <laughs> well, the big, the big conventions here take up, like, I, I guess, I guess, um, with Anime North, whenever, whenever it happens again, will probably, it'll probably dominate the space it ends up in. And. Well, it, unless unless uh, unless the uh, unless another pol- uh, political convention takes over again, because that's entirely possible. Fan Expo, when that happens, that takes over. That literally takes over both so- um, the entire convention center downtown. Now it's big enough nice. to do that. Yeah, so and they've really- actually set up properly now. Because remember, what was it? It was the early last decade or the thing before they had an issue 
with space and booking from before. So they were just in the north section of the uh, Metro Convention Center, and that caused huge backups, lines, and fire hazards and stuff like that. So the next time they said, we're just going to do all the convention center and make sure we do it right. Yeah, the the just so you in case you don't know about the layout of the Metro Convention Center, JP, um, it's actually just two buildings and they're connected two separate buildings and they're actually a considerable a fair distance apart, but they are connected through like a, a walkway a walkway bridge that kind of crosses crosses um around the train train tracks near uh near the near the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play and actually actually um. The walkway, the walkway leading to the Rogers Center figures into figures into that a little bit, but it's it's a pretty large, large, uh, comp, uh, weird complex in its own way. And uh, the big auto show that happens in Toronto takes place the same way in the exact same building in the exact same manner. It's um, the fact that uh, Fan Expo kind of got that way. It was is kind of impressive in its own in its own sense, but it's 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 essentially Canada's version of Comic-Con now. Oh, very much so. Now that I'm looking is, up Anime yeah. North, I was like, I know I've heard of that. I used them for inspiration for our guest flyers. Oh, really? Because I was like, what does a guest flyer look like? And Anime North was very prominent. I was like, oh, I really like what they're doing, but I'm going to change this and this and this. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it was definitely the East Coast uh, con experience, as some people were saying. And it's like, we haven't been to, out to the West Coast, but it's like people seem to feel there's a difference and stuff like that. And it's definitely a fan-run event on this side of the coast, that's for sure. I'd argue Sakura Con is more uh, fan-friendly as well, but by and large, from what I can see of West Con Coast, uh, West Coast cons, that, yeah, they feel a lot more commercial. If only because they're closer to Japan. Well, it helps to be, you know, a little closer to the, a little closer to the, you know, to the Pacific, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I can see where you, I can certainly appreciate that, that type of inspiration, JP, especially um, considering the organic nature that Anime North had happened over those years, over the 20 plus years, and then how you were able to bring up yours. Well, they just have a really show. good graphic design team, and I'm not a graphic designer. Well, yeah, they they have a lot of people that have come into the fold, and they all have their different experiences, right? And, and as a con grows, it's like you can get some different uh, subject matter ec- experts, and they can help you out in many ways you never thought, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the note of Anime North, we just talked about Anime North uh, announcing their online initiative, Anime Central has theirs ongoing. I don't know how many other uh, Funimation. Yep, Funimation. Like, like, r- r- right Anime off, right, Limited as talk well. About, as... Talk about striking where uh, striking while the iron was hot. Just hours after you were done, uh, after a lockdown happened, was finished. <laughs> I mean, we get word. We get word. Uh, Funimation is going to do something on what would be, I think, uh, Anime Expo weekend. I, yeah, I believe you're yep. correct. And like, uh, what's your take on all of these now? What's your take on seeing all these online conventions? Because I mean, I'm not going to say, I know you won't say necessarily you're the pioneer of no, this. Uh, absolutely this not. Of stuff, JP, but obviously you set, you set some sort of bar well, uh, for that, le- for uh, set, set a bar of some sort. That was, and, yes, that was my goal so. from the beginning um, because I knew one cons had happened before us. I knew cons were going to happen after, but I, 
I, I take a lot of pride in my work as a uh, film technician and somebody that has a background in broadcast. I wanted to bring that to the table and really set the bar as high as humanly possible, given the uh, constraints that we had. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that we did it. I, 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 I don't to me, I think that we did it because we had. What, three days of programming, uh, I believe day one and two were 16 or 17 hours long. The last day was yes. like maybe seven or eight. We didn't have a single panel start late. We only had a few mm. people go over, and those were case-by-case bases. Uh, like, I allowed Discotech to go over because they're Discotech. There was like 850 people watching. I'm not going to cut them I off. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was quite the first. Um, we didn't have any... I didn't have a single call drop, which I was really proud of. Uh, we did have, you know, we lost some streams. We had uh, the YouTube go down. We, we, you know, during Saturday, one of our, our Twitch went down for like a half a second. But these were all things that I prepared for. Um, and I, I, I'm really interested to see how other people handle uh, the types of problems that can occur. Because uh, I wish nothing but the best. I think it's awesome that all of these other conventions are popping up. Um, and I think a lot of people watched us to see if we could pull it off before they made any announcements. Um, I don't think that it's an accident that Funimation waited until we were done to announce that they were doing a convention. I don't think they copied us. I, I don't want to imply that. But I think that they probably had an idea like that and wanted to see somebody else take the risk and uh prove that it was a viable option first and i don't blame and, anybody for doing that because like they have so no no uh like you're happy about seeing all these other ones come up oh yeah, i think no it's excellent them at all no I, i'm yeah. looking forward to funimation con because they have resources that i don't have access to they're gonna <laughs> so, have tons well, of guests they're gonna be able to show uh exclusive footage that i wouldn't have access to um but also all these different people have networks that i don't have access to like i was watching anime central I don't know any of these panelists and I think that's great because I'm now seeing content that I would have never otherwise seen. Like before we started doing this, I watched a lip sync drag show. Yes. I was watching minutes of a little bit of that. And now it's like, I'm going to look for that kind of stuff on a schedule. And like, normally I would never like, Oh, it's just a dance competition. I'm not going to go to that. Well, if, if it was that much fun to watch it streamed on zoom, now I'm more likely to go to more unique, panels like that in real life and uh <laughs> i think accessibility is is the biggest benefit to stuff like this is that there's now no risk in me watching a panel that isn't interesting to me because i can turn it on and turn it off you know in, <laughs> in, in easily so it's like you know it's it's one thing if i have to walk to the other side of the convention center to check out this panel that i'm maybe sort of thinking about um yeah that's cool well, it sounds like you're happy to be a fan again. Oh, yeah. No, I was having a blast watching Asen. I didn't realize it was this weekend. Otherwise, I would have been watching it all day. Yeah, kind of kind of like me with uh, with uh, lockdown, actually. <laughs> uh, well, what was it? We're more than an hour in now, I think. Oh, yeah. um, so we'll start to wrap it up in a bit. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't want to do another hour and a half? Oh, well, we've been known to do that, right? Mike? <laughs> uh, we've been known to, but, uh, you know, we, we have other stuff, I guess. Actually, I want to give a thought. Uh, something sort of came to mind because I saw some of your tweets um, in the last couple days and you mentioned <laughs> 25 uh, tweets about Grappler Baki. Well, yeah, that was great, <laughs> that's great, by the way. I should just uh, maybe I should just um, 
Maybe I, you you're making me want to di- to go down down uh, into the uh, into the vault and dig out my copies my copy of um, Hajime no Ippo. Oh, that show's excellent. Oh, it I is. I thought you I, got I've, had that. I've never watched it. You gotta watch it. The rest I have of it's to, and maybe I'll just uh, maybe I'll just show season. off the. Maybe I'll just uh, tease uh, each individual disc from that. <laughs> you, you're, you, you, so you're, you know, you're inspiring me in, in many other ways. <laughs> I have to there. tell you, Mike, that one, we rented that from Comic Den, and then after we did that, we said, we have to buy it now. <laughs> yeah, so, and, uh, I, and we did, and many of us did. I've never gotten around to watching it, but I know it's there. It's buried somewhere in, the vault, in my vault. So uh, maybe I'll tease uh, showing pictures of that. Um, oh, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say that what a world we live in to see franchises like Baki and Devilman be talked about in common day de- in like today's society. <laughs> I mean, I'm wow. to blame for Baki. I asked Kyle Bear straight up talk about Hanayama, and I'm sure the whole chat was like, "Boo!" <laughs> <laughs> As I said, you're oh. well, you're the guy. You're, you know, you're allowed to ask those type of things. Well, that was an inside joke for people that know me, because I had a flyer of different characters that he's played in Hanayama was the last one in the thing. And it's like, nobody watched Grappler Baki, but anybody that knows me personally saw that and was like, of course, of course he put Hanayama in there. <laughs> you run the thing, you've put all the blood, sweat, and tears uh, virtually. I needed to have a little it. bit of fun. I think, you're in- I-, I think you're entitled to do something like that. <laughs> To have your own fan, own little piece of fan service. Actually, what caught my attention on the Twitter was you—you've over the last couple of weeks. I know you've put up um, you've put up some of the videos. Yes, like, I mean, I was the one who I'm glad you put up some VODs. But you mentioned you mentioned um, Mike's uh, Mike Tools uh, culta. Oh yeah, cult anime thing, and it was briefly t- there was briefly flagged, and you know I don't know all well. I'm glad. First of all, I'm glad it's there because I'm I'm really curious because I missed it mm-hmm. at the time. And well, can you tell us what happened there, or a little bit about what happened with uh, putting trying to put that one up? So this was always something that I was aware that could happen, and I it was part of the panel submission, um, not rules, but it was part of that form saying like, hey, if you play clips, I cannot promise that you're going to be able to share this after the fact because of copyright algorithm. You know, regardless of like, I know and many people know that this kind of a setting is covered by fair use. Unless you're just showing a show from start to finish. If you're showing a clip and discussing the clip and it's an educational setting, that is a fairly clear cut case of, of fair use. But the copyright bots don't know that because they're they're robots. Um, but what was interesting about my tools panel is it wasn't flagged for copyright. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was, but oftentimes when you're flagged for copyright on YouTube, it'll say, hey, your video's fine. We're not going to take it down, but, um, you know, we might put an ad up and then give that money to the person that owns the video. And it's like, okay, it's a trade-off. I can live with that. Mike Tool's panel was flagged for inappropriate content, which was very strange to me because uh, Mike, I don't even think Mike swore during that panel. Um and none of his cl- usually doesn't he, he i i have not known him to swear much yeah why do i feel it was one of those crazy cults or some crazy person that well, you know what i mean it, oh, it, it, it could have been it 
that was that was one of our theories is that maybe somebody from one of these cults flagged the video uh, because they saw it as um, depicting them in a light that they don't want to be depicted in. I and don't they're know all about their image, right? So. I don't I don't know what happened, but it, it got flagged. And I was like, well, let's see what can happen. So I email YouTube through their little automated form. I was like, I think this may have been flagged by accident. Um, this panel doesn't involve any graphic imagery. It doesn't have any curse words. It's an educational panel on how cults are represented in animation. And less than 12 hours later, they're like, oh, yeah, we agree. And also, we took the copyright claim off. Cool. Nice. Um, there's another panel that got removed for copyright. That one I don't think I'm going to win because it, it turns out that YouTube only uh, reviews uh, content warnings they don't review copyright the copyright warnings are reviewed by the copyright holder and even though so basically we're up to them to give the okay yeah it's it's i it's kind of i don't necessarily agree with that cons with that process because that doesn't um honor fair use in any way because the copyright holder could say yeah it is fair use but we still don't care and they could say no that happens a lot. And I'm not going to fight that legally because it's not, there's nothing in it for me to do that. No, it, well, and they know it too, right? So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But That's I'm not, I'm it. not monetizing this. So I don't lose any money doing this. If you do see an ad on any video, YouTube put it up there automatically because of the copyright flagging algorithm. Me personally, I don't make any money from this convention. Okay. That's fair. Actually, I'll say this much about the cult, about that um, cult, uh, Panel. I only saw the last couple minutes of it, and what I ended up seeing was an animation based on Om Shinrikyo, the uh, Shoko Asahara cult, uh, which we've talked about a couple of times on this show. Because um, when we take, I think it was last year, I believe, or was it the year before, um, the, the uh, like they're the um, that's the group behind the infamous uh, Tokyo subway sarin attacks that happened in the mid '90s. So that came and that culminated, la I think, last year. I think it was last year. The um, everybody involved, everybody who was convicted in in that attack were, um, were executed. Oh wow! Including including said Shoko Asahara himself. And uh, actually, um, sitting on my shelf, one of my uh, one of the books that are on my uh, to read list, and we'll see if I can get around to it in the pandemic. Um, what is a copy of uh, of uh, who, uh, of Murakami's book, uh, where he interviewed actually a lot of the um, relatives of the victims of that attack and some of the victims of the attack. So he um, he went on he went online after the execution, saying he's not for capital punishment normally, but after after extensively doing the story like he did, he it gave him pause for thought at the very least. Which I thought was um, so. It was interesting to see that animation, and I knew, and I knew from the story, uh, the story they dabbled in a lot of things. I wasn't aware of that anime. Mm. I wasn't aware of that, but it didn't surprise me to see even just a little bit of that. So I, I'm actually looking forward to watching the whole thing uh, over, watching the whole thing now, watching that um, VOD just to see what all other stuff that uh, Mike want to talk about there yeah, it was a good panel and it was uh it, it sounded like it would have been an excellent panel and uh very well and attended. My, yeah yeah I, he I always does that. 
excellent panels. And the thing is, it's like you look at the numbers and stuff like that, and it's more than what you could usually fit in normal rooms and stuff like that, which people have a good chuckle about. Even the discotheque, when you look at that and where they're normally put, you wouldn't have been able to fit over 900 people or 850 people into most of the rooms they do. So it's nice that people are able that not able to see them, as you say, are able to see these things, right? And Mm. especially nice that anyone who okays it they'll be able to see it after the fact too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this much too about, uh, about, uh, you know, about Mike, I've, uh, having talked with him a, a little bit more, he came to anime North last year and I hung out with, I hung around him for quite a bit. Uh, really cool uh, to have talked to for, uh, for uh, any length of time. And, um, he's, uh, uh, that, that uh, that invite that open invite to, for others to do the show, yeah, we're gonna try and uh, talk with him, and hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit more with him because he's an interesting guy to talk to. I find, and I've seen a few of his panels he's done at Anime North. Very um lighthearted. Uh, the tone, like the discotheque panel, um, it was the first time I ever saw like a discotheque. Uh, really saw the discotheque panels though, and it was the first time like. You could sense the chemistry he has with um, the other two, with uh, Justin and oh, I, who's uh, Brady? Name I ever, Brady and Brady. I, I could sense the chemist, the long time chemistry he has with those two when they did that during that panel, and it was such a fun panel. Like it was informative, obviously, for um, the stuff that they were bringing out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're sometimes I'm just interested to see you know the personalities themselves, and I could sense the I could sense the camaraderie between those three. Those in that watching that panel those were great for me as well because i i've never been able to get into an industry panel before um Hmm. and so i got to see i well i think i've been to a funimation panel once but it wasn't like a traditional like we're going to announce stuff funimation panel was just another panel that they were doing um but for an actual industry panel those were the first two i've ever been able to get into because the lines are always so long yeah, that was the 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 discotheque. Like as I said, because of that chemistry, the, the, it's not a typical industry panel from my from my standpoint. It's just as I said, the the given to the um give and take between the two, mm-hmm. the, the way they uh, they talk with amongst each other. It, it just it had a, a different tone from the oh, yeah. industry panels I I would have seen before. Well, like, I, I like, think they've been friends before discotheque. Oh yeah. Whereas most Long. of these industry panels, like they're people that work together, and yeah, they might hang out after the fact. But like Justin and Mike, and I, I don't know Brady as much. I don't know how long he's known them, but I know that Justin and Mike have known each other for a very long time. That's well documented. Yeah. Well documented, uh, all the way back to ANN. Yeah, no, I was thinking like discotheque is more of that scrappy company as you think about where you have the owners and then everyone else is, as we know, is freelancers and stuff like that. So it's a very interesting company to say the least compared to everyone else and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's see. How, how long are we? How long is the recording gone? Yeah, it's like eh, an I see hour about an uh, hour 16 now? Yeah, an bad. hour? More than an hour, hour and a quarter. I mean, uh, yeah, we have a long long time before we break our record, right, Mike? Yeah, well, we can. uh, Well, let's uh, take a quick break. Maybe we'll. uh, Let's. uh, Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to keep going. Take a quick break, and then we'll we'll talk for just a little bit more, and uh, we'll call it an evening. Yeah. All right. Well, you're the boss, Mike. I know, I know. Well, let's take <laughs> let's take a quick break. I hate to tell you, but Mike doesn't run water. Maybe JP can maybe JP can get another beer or something. Oh, I already have one. 
Uh, I, oh, I need to go three. downstairs to get mine. So <laughs> okay, I'll well, James, let, let James go get something to drink. We'll we'll be right back in a couple <laughs> seconds. It's the round table on the Six Talk Podcast Network. podcast now continues once again we're in conversation with uh, jp the uh, man behind anime lockdown from two weeks ago and we're glad once again that he uh decided to spend friday evening uh talking with us thanks again yo is it saturday morning mike well yeah it's now after midnight as we're as we continue this taping uh lucky us well, this is this is almost uh, typical of a of an anime North show because we we would do the anime North shows, what, uh, like uh, around midnight, like uh, after dark. Like we, it, they, they, we were part of the after dark programming <clears throat> programming at Anime North because we always did it. Like we were, it was a no. It's a no win situation for us whenever we do Anime North. We know we're not going to get too many people, but we're it's because everyone's out doing the other stuff like raves or recovering from. Doing um, recovering from doing Nomonoichi, like Kevin might have done, and he ends up uh, being late. <laughs> or um, James setting up the late night tracks, because uh, you know we, that stuff. We that's all stuff we've done uh, at Anime North. Uh, trust me, trust me, JP. We we know your pain of being staff. <laughs> I can assure you that I get to do it all during the night. We've, so we've um we've done uh, we've had experience doing that one time or another as staff at various conventions, whether it's Fan Expo or Anime North. We we've all been like uh James, Kevin, and myself, uh not not so much Mo, but um we all have a little bit of experience being staff in some form at at one at either Anime North or Fan Expo or even both. So we know your pain. So we can re- we can respect your pain a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't call it pain. Well, I've, I've also never staffed a live convention. I've I've been a panelist for the better part of a decade, but I, I definitely have a newfound respect for convention staff. Not that I disrespected them before, but now I like really get it. <laughs> no, and uh, having sat in, you know, like the odd time in my day, and I, I can't do them anymore uh, as a staff member. I'm happy just to do to do uh just to do a show every so often. Mm-hmm. But that's it's it's like nonstop throughout yeah. the entire weekend. And I've hung I've hung out with uh like some of the key guys at anim, with at Anime North. Uh you know, we we often have um we often have Norm uh, Norm McAvoy who's one of the co-programming heads there. He does he does a walk-on for the uh for the Anime North shows whenever we do them and he's always gracious to do that. And I'm amazed that he's able to do it sometimes, but uh, he's he's in a. It, it's always a it's always a big thing whenever that happens. But I yeah, guess that we under respected your what you were going through. Uh, I mean, it and, it was pretty wild because like I I was I was running all of the tech, I was emceeing the show, but I was also running my staff at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was well, a lot of things that I couldn't handle directly. So I I would be texting Tony. Or like going into the Discord and telling somebody else to take care of something, uh, I can only imagine that that's exponentially more difficult in a live setting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt. Even it. with the comms and that, right? It's like, oh boy. 
I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, so during the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about um, the Geekire guys. Yeah. Because uh, I, I found out that um, the Geekire, the guys behind the Geekire podcast are actually longtime listeners of this show. That's why I know we have more than three listeners now, or at least three <laughs> listeners now. And I found out that uh, Sean is actually pro- dates back as a listener all the way back to our original um run back uh, back in 2006 and i never really directly talked to them before but i'd known that known about them and you did did deal with them uh, jp so i i want to give a shout out to them and what was it like to deal uh, what was like what were they like because um they were the only overseas panels if memory serves me right that's actually not correct but they were okay. i think the ones that got the other ones involved okay uh, there were three panels oh. that were hosted by uh, people from Ireland. Uh, there was Horror in Pokemon, which was by the uh, Straight Outta Kanto podcast. There was the Weirdest Anime Ever from Geek Ire. And then there was the Doki Doki Literature Club from the team behind Nerd to No Media, which uh, Straight Outta Kanto is also a part of. Uh, but that panelist was not on uh, the Doki Doki panel hopefully that was not confusing um but no that was a really Boy, cool i stand thing. corrected <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to have people from ireland involved um i guess not specifically ireland but it was really cool to have international panelists um and i i think i think one of the geek ir people might actually be from the uk i think it's ireland and uh and yeah i forget UK. which one but one of them they said was from ireland one from the uk the one uh, for the weird anime but it was interesting that we got these experiences that we would never have had before. And it's really. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, and like for some of them, this was their first quote unquote American convention. It's weird calling it that because to me, it was <laughs> just a convention that I did online. <laughs> I don't think about it as an American convention. But yeah, it was primarily American panelists. Um, but I, I had a pleasant experience with them. Uh, they were the first people to have me on their podcast for an interview. Um, I, I don't know them outside of, of the convention very well. Um, I've, I've only ever listened to the one episode that I was on because I wanted to see how, how it went. I like hearing my own voice. Um, (laughs) but I had a pleasant experience. Um, yeah, they were, they were really nice and we've remained in contact. Um, you know, they've had different questions about like the archive and, and, you know, the same questions that everybody else has been having, but uh, we all, I guess we all do. Um, it, well, I guess, uh, first of all, um, thanks, uh, thanks to the, to those guys, uh, to geek our your messages were received. Hopefully, um, we'll be further in touch, uh, but, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, I owe you guys the favor of at least listening to you guys as well. I think that's really cool to, to, to like have things come around full circle like that. No, it um, meant, it, the it, it it was really weird for me at lockdown because I've been listening to Anime World Order for a decade, and Anime World Order went to my convention, and like Daryl did a con report of my convention, and that was such a bizarre like turning of the tables, and like Anna Anna Gamers as well, like I've known of them uh, tangentially for a decade, and they presented at my con and it was just like it's it's going to be very interesting once we get live cons back because these are people that i've run into before and now we have that thing that we connect on um i i yeah it was it was very special in the way that it connected people i i can't uh 
I I fully agree with that. It's weird because um I'll tell you the uh, you know like I've known Daryl for like since I when I got into it and you know a part of me was surprised when I decided to come back a couple of years ago that maybe I shouldn't have been surprised that that they were still up and running. So it was kind of uh, it, it was nice to see them back. It was nice to see them when I uh, when we brought back the roundtable, mm-hmm. and they were one of those. Inc- they were among the other other people who encouraged it when uh, encouraged us when we um, came back two years ago. Um, Daryl is somebody um, I've had a great amount of respect for. I know he can be at times be a bit of a polarizing character sometimes, <laughs> but um, I've I, my dealings with Daryl have always been have always been good. And, uh, hopefully like that's one of those other, uh, one of those other guys I would like to have, uh, come on to the show sometime, but I get the feeling when we, if we do talk, we're probably going to talk overwatch league a little bit too. Cause I know Daryl <laughs> is a big fan of that. And he's a big fan of his home team, uh, the Florida mayhem who at last check are actually on a, on like a 12 map winning streak. Yeah, they they've been they've been beating up the bottom feeders the last couple of weeks. Well, they're winning the matches they're supposed to win, and it might be their most successful run yet in the league. And they're good enough, I think. The Florida team is good enough right now to be handily beat Toronto. So, but I know that that would be a lot of, a big topic of uh, uh, of conversation if when if we if we talked much in the same way that with Mike Tool um, we talk soccer a little bit more too because um, Tool is actually a big soccer fan as oh, yeah. well. Uh, he's made that I, I'm sure that's that's anybody who keeps up with him will know how big a fan he is. Yeah, and travel to the games, including the World Cup, which is incredible. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that, he's he's that type of fan, and we 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 talked. We actually the first conver- ever conversation I had with Mike Tool, we actually joked around about the World Cup. It was in 2016, I think, or it was a 2017, but it was in the aftermath of a World Cup. So um, he's a we, we we talk on a bunch of different topics. Yeah, it's it's been a really cool way of of bringing people together. Um, your podcast, even like I I don't I don't know if I've listened to it before because uh, I've just I've listened to so many different podcasts. But I know that I've I've heard your name for for a very long time, and I know that I've heard promos of your uh, podcast back when I first got into podcasting, and it it is really kind of a surreal moment to like be on the show because I used to look up to all of the podcasters before I started doing this kind of stuff as like these untouchable, like podcasting people. And it's, it's just, it's so fascinating that it's, you know, it's probably 15, 12 years later. And I know a lot of these people and I, and I've met them and like, I'm on your show right now. I I'm pretty <laughs> sure we've never met, but like I've met the AWO crew and like, I've had beers with Mike tool now mm-hmm. and it's just it's wild like it to to go back you know 12 15 years ago whenever it was to tell myself like by the way you're going to be hanging out with these people someday i would just be like get out of here yeah and what well thanks first of all whatever promo we made is a good possibility that adam was in that promo and mo too i believe i yep, i don't I remember, remember. I remember that. The, the one promo we did have and i don't know if that's still kicking around but had the record scratches and everything yeah the record scratch joke i wonder stuff. if i have it i have, well, a, I have I an archive have of promos yeah uh, we'll see i know i have it that's a, i know i have it that's the thing i think james was in it too right huh what, what, i, I, I can't remember it was. yeah 
Yeah, James was in that promo, and then we redid it a couple times. I re-edited it a couple times just to make it just uh, for a better. I, I, I've been in so many things. It's like I, I have no, no. idea anymore. Like, I was pulled into a classroom and said, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I'm oh yeah, that's still the here. story of the very first episode, right? That was the very first. Uh, that's the story of the very first episode of the roundtable. We, when we taped that, we taped that uh, in, Thursday, Thursday night, Yama night. Yeah, we yeah, we taped that at University. University in the uh, in during in the shadows of their um, of the anime of the anime club having their show because you know I was a, used to be involved with that and I still hung out for a little bit afterwards, but. Um, we we taped that show in in a, in a classroom close by the very first episode, and I just pulled James onto it and went okay. We, we uh, I pulled James and Neil Neil um, Neil Sinclair into the into the room to do it, and we just did it. And we liked we liked initially what we had, but we had to be better. We thought we would be a, have to be a little better organized, and ultimately we just kept plugging at it, and we liked where it went. Then we stopped for various reasons and then decided to bring it back last year, wondering, or a couple of years ago, wondering what type of thing is it now? How, how does it fit? And it just turns out it's just there and we can just do it and we don't have to really worry about where it sits. Mm-hmm. Some people, because, uh, um, well, podcasting's gotten big. I mean, yeah. there's just a lot more out there now and that's okay. And uh, just, just do your show. Just do your show, put it out there. Um, if you want people to try and listen to it, then you know promote it a little more. But in the end, just put something out. Uh, put stand by what you do. I think that's the best thing you could really do. And then just uh, <clears throat> just do what you can after that. I, I could I've talk heard, about this for hours. <laughs> we, could, we could talk podcasts about being podcasters for hours. I, I think just um, keep your goals simple. Um, don't. Like the goal, uh, the goal I always had whenever I podcasted was just um, have a memory of all the uh, conversations you've had. Because I, I, the inspiration for my podcasts for this show was well twofold. One, sports talk radio, mm-hmm. but that's another story altogether. And James, we've said that here on the show already. The other was when I uh, used to go to clubs in the um, mid '90s, I guess. Oh boy. Anime clubs, right? Back in the day when I when I started going I think to anime clubs. That's what kind of clubs you're talking about. I, I was going to well, say. Well, well, I, I don't really make it a secret that I'm perfect. older than all of you <laughs> by far. Um, but whenever, when I hung out at the at the um, anime clubs in Toronto uh, back then, and this was at a time when I when York was starting theirs. So I was basically looking to that, to a lot of them for for ideas and inspirations and just to get get the uh, uh, a sense of the community. I got into many interesting conversations about fandom and the industry with uh, all the organizers, and I found them so much fun. And then as time went, I also had conversations with the guy, with the Comic Den brothers. Um, if you know uh, the people who used to host the, whose servers we used to use to host the original version of this podcast. And they were fascinating. I missed the them. Talk. James can, James yeah, can no, attest I... to this one easily. Yeah, that would be interesting if we could ever figure a way to get them uh, back with us just for a quick mini episode or something like that, if they have the capability. Yeah, that's well, we'll talk. I'll mention that in a a couple seconds. Um, But they were fascinating guys to talk to about talking shop about the industry, whether it's about the pop culture industry, whether it's comics or anime and anybody who, who 
search us out those episodes in the version in the version one era, we'll know what type of guys they were. And these were guys I wanted to introduce to people. I mean, same thing to a lesser degree, same thing with Neil and Adam. And they got known during their time. But the but the but the Comic Den brothers, uh, Terry and Anthony Visser, those were two guys that uh, I really missed talking to, and I'm so glad that they got a chance to do the show two or three times. The two or three times that they did, and they have uh, probably one of the most fascinating backstories in all of this too. And maybe um, I won't uh, blow that here. I'll uh, for listeners, they can try and find those episodes themselves. But I'll tell you afterwards uh, about it uh, also, JP, because they had yeah. a, a really, really interesting history. And I would do and because of what they did, uh, I would do whatever like things for them because of the things they did for me. Um, when um, I uh, when Fred Schott was here, I, I think I got I took one of their copies of his book to get it signed along with uh, along with my own copy, mm. like when he came to Anime North back in 98. And when Maria Jima was here and for, to do Fan Expo a couple of years after that, I think it was in, it could have been 2000 actually, when Maria Jima did that. And I was, I was around, I was on staff uh, with Fan Expo at the time. So I, I was handling that a little bit. Um, I was able to get an auto, uh, get her CD autographed for them as well. So that, that's how much, that's how much I respected those, those brothers. Wonderful story. And um, as I, as a, as James will attest and Kevin will attest because they've dealt with them, they're they're sorely missed uh, because they used to sell. Uh, they were our go tos for buying our uh, anime when we bought when we were into buying actually buying anime and manga, our DVDs and stuff. Yeah, they were, they were definitely the place mm-hmm. to go in Mississauga and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's part a, of Mississauga is gone. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you think they were about an institution it. there. And you think about in Toronto in general, especially the downtown stores and stuff like that, because some of them have had to move around. So it's tough times for those people, especially now since we heard about Diamond Comics as well. So hopefully they're moving forward, especially since Diamond's starting up again uh, at the end of this month. Well, as I said, that's that's a this is what I uh, came back into when when we came back two years ago, and I see you guys now. Well, tell me about the like. Some of the, how do you consume your your anime and manga these days, um, JP? You do have a habit of, oh, I'm of the buying worst. Stuff? Oh, do I do I buy stuff? Um, or, or what, what? Like, like I mean, I'm I'm getting a better sense of uh, some of how um, this generation of fans are a little bit. So well, you're, I know you're a little older too, but I'm I mean I'm I'm old for an anime fan, but I'm not old. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, well, no, as I said, I got, I got, I got it all on all, above all of you. So, oh no, I'm not, I'm not trying to compete with that. I'm saying that if I go to a con, most of the people there are high schoolers. Yeah. So that you I, know, think I know, I know, all of us are well out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's just cons in general. Yeah. Um. So I'm really bad about keeping up. Um. I for the longest time, I've enjoyed talking about and and doing activities revolving anime more than the actual consumption of it uh, um actually we, we we have a lot in common these days but uh i do you know i do still uh, i i was subscribed to many of the streaming services until very recently obviously due to uh being out of work i unsubscribed from a lot of those services uh but i had verve i had um funimation i think i had a hulu and a netflix and i i, I got rid of those 
Um, I tend to consume digitally. Um, I, I like, yeah, that's sort um, of understood. That's the way it goes. It has to be really good for us to want to buy some buy a disc these days. I suppose. Yeah, and and um, a lot of these services offer a free option. So, like today, I, I watched uh, an episode of My Hero Academia. Although I think my Funimation account hadn't quite expired yet, mm-hmm. uh, so I was able to watch that. But like Shonen Jump, I've I've uh, subscribed and unsubscribed to their uh, app dozens of times over the years because I, I I get it and I read it for three weeks and then I forget I have it for like three months. Um, and you've paid for it, yeah. And then yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like that's where they get you, right? Ten dollars a month. Um, you know, I'll buy a light novel once in a while. Uh, I try to watch a little bit from every season, but it's it's just really hard to keep up. And and something that I I think I was talking about this in our Discord, which is insane that we left it open, but people are still active in there. Um, <laughs> Maybe you're talking about an ROD because I saw that I happened to go back into the Discord, and you were talking about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have to tell you, you should you should be you should be watching that Blu-ray set. It is great. I well, what I was saying is that as I've gotten older, it's been a lot harder for me to get inspired by anything, and that doesn't mean that what's coming out now is bad. It just means that I've I've seen so much at this point that it's a lot harder to grab my attention. And so, one of the last shows I got really excited about was Doctor Stone, but that ended at this point, what probably three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll presumably be more because I'm I'm to understand it was a very popular show, and it doesn't end. Uh, in its TV run, so I, I assume there's going to be another 26 episodes at least. Um, ReZero there is another be. one that I got really excited about, but uh, that one, thank goodness. Uh, but that one ended in what 2015, 2016. I think we have another season coming up, but it got delayed uh, because of what's going on. I like Grappler Baki. It's a, I would say guilty pleasure, but I have no guilt in that. Um, they just had a season out that I, I really enjoyed watching and they have another season that will be coming up soon. Um, Megalobox. I liked a lot. Um, uh, that's I didn't a watch, great one. I didn't watch the dub though. I watched it as it was coming out on Verve. Um, okay. Which that mm-hmm. was like two years ago at this point. Cause I was watching yeah, Megalobox at the last anime detour I went to. Great. Yeah. Viz released a great box set of that too and released the Blu ray, and it's relatively inexpensive. But that was oh. a fantastic reimagining of the uh, Champion Joe series. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will say this much. Uh, I appreciated when, when I was watching some of the streams from uh, Lockdown, I appreciated watching some of the suggestions that actually some of the panelists had. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of great suggestions, stuff that it's I've been meaning to watch for years, like Black Heaven. At least, I, I mean, I, oh, Black Heaven, I... <laughs> and that's on Crunchyroll, too, I believe, now, too. Like, a lot of the discotheque stuff they put on Crunchyroll, some classics that you're just like, wow, it's like, and you used to never be able to see them for the longest time. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I, 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 I was jotting down that list, those <laughs> lists, during those panels, and I will have to go back into those uh, notes again and take a look. I mean, the only thing I'm watching... Right now, anime-wise, I started uh, watching Wotakoi, which oh, like, because I... upon Kevin's upon Kevin's recommendation, and it's made news because um because there was a live-action movie that came out or in the last earlier this year, I think it was. That was name it sounds really familiar. I love Wotakoi. Yeah, the manga's been up from uh, Kodansha USA, but it's just a very interesting thing, like. 
with these otaku they're working people and stuff like that and then you can relate and stuff like that especially where they're all coming to the house and they're just playing mario kart and just yelling at each other and having drinks and it's just very uh, yeah, relatable well, across any yeah. uh culture i feel i but thought that's I was... the show you were talking about i'm like i know that name and like is that the one where the like otaku meets his favorite cosplayer and doesn't realize it Yes, stuff like that. That's, okay, that's one of the initial plots. Yes, yeah, and it was on. It's on Amazon. Yeah, it's one of the Amazon, Amazon Prime it, ones, which is I, what. And I just stumble uh, upon Kevin's uh, recommendation. I decide to look at it. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, I would say with Wotakoi, the the kind of comedy that that it is. It well, not exactly like Genshiken. It kind of really reminded me of the whole like it's an otaku comedy, but it's lighthearted and it's relatable and it's just a it was just a fun for me i read the manga and it's just a fun read the thing for me was uh the genshiken thing was the parallel with genshiken was very obvious to me maybe a like if anybody so if a newer generation only knows wotokoi there's a recommendation right there if they haven't never read uh or read or watched uh, genshiken in many ways, it that way. Yeah, that's right. Mike. It feels that way. Like it just—it's it's, it's weird. Like I like, feel, okay. but I'm like, can I say that? I don't know because they're more working people. And it's different because it's kind of like after the fact, you know. What I mean? Well, yeah, yeah that, we had a panel based on that too. Didn't we? Did we not? Did we? We had a panel based on uh, after high school anyway at a uh, <laughs> at anime lockdown. I'm depraved because my favorite otaku show is Welcome to the NHK. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> great. Oh, yeah, that's if you, if you want to know what it's really like to watch anime, you watch Welcome to the NHK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the I I have the I've I've long had the manga here sitting. Yeah, the old here. Tokyo Park manga, manga and the novel too, right? And that's yeah, where I got the novel. the font for our logo. I don't know how many people noticed that. Oh, I oh hey, oh, man, yeah. that's never going to be a that was an intentional choice. Well, that was intentional. No, I can re- relate. Yeah, I can see um, that now. No, we can see that. Oh boy, now yeah, it's called Bauhaus Ltd. I think. You know, uh, it's like the story of our, our logo, actually, the font we chose for for this podcast. Angela, who used to do one of the regulars back then, uh, she started. She designed our logo, and then I. And then when she started to put the text up, she started to experiment with different texts and fonts, and she would tell me the names of the various fonts, and then one of them looked very familiar. And then I asked her, I, I liked it. And then she told me the name of the font. It was Sharon Apple. Really? Sharon Apple was, main, was one of the main characters, was the focus character in Macross Plus. And that's where the font was from. It's the, it's the, Macross, it's the Macross Plus font. And that's, oh, that's the font awesome. we use for our, for our logo now. That's the, that's the font we've always used for our logo. And when we came back a couple of years ago, I asked her to update, the, update, that, uh, update that logo. And now you have that gray logo that you look at now. So, so I I fully know that story. I fully know where you're coming from when you just mentioned that for your inspirations. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're almost. I guess uh, we can almost finish up. And now I know what you're watching. Uh, a little bit about what uh, what stuff you're watching. But um, yeah, it's not for lack of trying. I just I have a very low attention span. Is the problem? Even when I'm watching something I like, the chances of me pausing it and turning on Twitter is very high. I think that's just the case with everything that's out now no, in general. No, that, that's the problem with me holding my uh, holding my um, phone when I'm watching something. Yeah, I can only pay attention to like one thing at a time. 
in terms of watching. Like my my big show was Better Call Saul. That's done now. So now might I might have like the enough brain to watch one anime. <laughs> Well, as I said, that's where Wotokoi is coming in for me right now. Uh, well, although I'll try and uh, watch something else on um, on Crunchyroll in a bit. As I said, I have a whole list of ideas. And I made myself the promise to watch a clear car- a card capture Sakura clear card, but I never got around to it because um, Iwa Junko showed up at uh, Anime North two years ago. And she played she played Tomoyo, one of the main characters in that. And I made them the promise to watch it, but I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. So I have to sometime. I've been hearing a lot of good things about, and forgive me if I get this name wrong, internet. Is it called Sing Yesterday for me? Oh, yeah, that's the one. And I've been watching that as well. And that was, we were talking about, I guess, last episode. And that was one of the ones, uh, Lament of the Lambs. He did that one. That came out from Tokyo Pop in the aughts. And he did sing yesterday. He started before that. He started in the 90s and finished it uh, five years ago, like in 2015, 2014. So it's kind of weird because you see in the art style and everything like that, that has that 90s feel. You can see the origins, but it's a very interesting story and stuff like that. Is that a Beatles reference in the title? I'm not sure to tell you the truth. That's that's my namesake. But I could believe it. I could believe it. Okay. Well, at least I know what uh, people will have on their cues uh, soon. Uh, at least I, I made my anime note cues a little bit known, and there's a bunch of others that are in other ways, but who knows? I, well, I guess we still have a little bit of time, even though seemingly we're in the back end of this uh, pandemic, depending on who you ask. Yeah, I mean, in uh, it's been mixed messaging here in New York because they've... Uh, lengthen the pause order to the end of May, but the stay-at-home order, which is a separate thing, is like the end of June. I don't expect to be back at work myself until September. I, I don't think that the union is going to allow people to go back to work. I've seen a similar scenario for myself personally anyway, considering uh, my line of work. So yeah. I, I think I know where you're going. I'm just trying to look on the bright side of it and try and do you know, read or watch or do things that I wouldn't have time to given myself the time to do now. So I'm just trying to look on the bright side. I'm trying to be productive and creative because that's always been my excuse. It's like, I'm so tired from work. I don't have time to play guitar. Now it's like, Hey, it's the best time to play guitar now. Like no one's going to bother me. I can record all day if I want to much to my neighbor's lament. Um, (laughs) but you know, it's the best time for me. I'm, I'm a very introverted person and I thrive, um, creatively in this type of an environment. And I know that not everybody does. And I, I have empathy for that. But for me, this is the most productive I've been in the last decade. And it's, it's been really I mean, you, anime lockdown is an insane thing that I would have never done. Well, yes. So going back, uh, well, at least I know you you seem to be trying to work, use the time well, but that all said, uh, would you be willing, like, I'm not going to ask if you're, if there's a, if there's an inevitability with it happening again, but um, any, any regrets or would you be willing to do it again? If, uh, oh, yeah. would you be willing We're, to do this all again? We, so the team has been discussing this ever, even, even by the end of Friday, we were already talking like, what, what should we do different next year? Now we have not officially said that we're going to do it again, but we all want to, um, mm. it's, it's a matter of, we need to 
decompress. We need to think about, you know, things that we can do bigger, things that we can do better. Um, but I've, I've had people reach out to me and say like, Hey, if you do this next year, I want to help. Uh, and so it'll be a bigger team. It's going to be more, um, ambitious, I think. Um, but again, that's assuming that it happens, but I would, it's probably going to happen. But what, what I want to tell people is I, I want them to, um, have realistic expectations because of the situation that we're in. We were able to get guests and industry panels that we would have never been able to get in a normal situation. I don't expect that to happen. If we do this again, we're not going to have discotheque at our online convention announcing six anime. That's just not <laughs> something that I expect to happen again. That's probably a fair statement. Um, so, fair, so yeah. in some ways it was like lightning in a bottle. Yes. In um, some ways. But getting a bunch of fan panels together, I think that's totally doable. And uh, I, I was talking to Tony. Uh, Tony was kind of the second in command. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to have him in New York uh, next time. If if there is a yeah, next time. He's going to yeah, be local. next time you're having it. Well, you, by then, by then, uh, people will be allowed to move around. I yes. think. I, I would hope so. Um, but I, I told him that I would fly him out here so we could um, be in the same room. And coordinate. Yes, I uh. think that that would make things easier, and I think it would be a better show, because uh, for people that stuck stuck around for the whole day, I did some kind of crowd work in between each panel, and to to be able to have Tony there, I think would add a a different dynamic to that. Um, but it would also allow more freedom. Say, you know, if I have to use the bathroom in the middle of a panel, like yeah, I don't expect him to know how to use all of the the equipment, but he can hit next on a slide. You know, <laughs> that's easy. Anybody can do that. Okay. Um, but it also would give us the ability to um, be able to come up with ideas more organically because he would just be in my apartment and I could say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a skit during the next piece? <laughs> like, what if I'm Vegeta and you're Goku <laughs> oh and we're God, waiting no, in line no. to get into the hentai panel? You know? Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure now that somebody here, now that. Maybe somebody hears this. I don't know if anyone's going to listen to it. I think somebody will write a script for you on that. I don't know if if I if any of you stuck around to the end of each night, but I did play a skit where unofficially it was Vegeta and Gohan going to the convention, but I didn't want to say Yeah, it was I heard nice. that. They were good. They were good. I didn't hear the first one, but you were nice enough to play it again on Saturday night. And that was nice of you because there was like, yeah, play that again because he, someone was in here. Well, I did it, it at two in the morning. Well, and I got Kyle to do the next time on Anime Lockdown, which was like a dream come true. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. It was like, oh, you, said, you, and and it was like oh, boy. Well, yeah, as I said, you gave yourself some very positive currency here. Uh, questions. So yeah. now that I think about it, I'm in things maybe that may or may not come up in the next little bit. I see ten videos in the YouTube in the YouTube channel. Um, is there any plans to add any more? There are uh, plans. Um, so that's it's just a really a rights issue. What what's the question? There might be right. I understand there might be rights issues, but uh, well, there's something you can see uh, adding to that. I've been doing. Let me pull up. I, I made a graphic of everything that I've posted so far. Let me see if I can look at that um yeah I, I we have all 10 videos i see all 10 videos here so the robot in anime uh, beyond anime high school which is basically where all of us are in right now yeah uh, for grown-ups doki doki <laughs> literature 
cult cl- anime cult classics, history of Mecca. Um, what's the deal with real robot that I enjoyed, by the way. Um, yes. the criticism of film criticism. I, I, I have to say that was, that was fun too. I, I, I was I, on that one. It was just an, yeah, you were in that one. It was just, uh, like, like I, I can't get specifically. It's just, I know I was so fascinated by the way, by the banter there. I, I, I can only speak generally right now. Me and Mark have been doing panels together for a very long time. So we have a, we have a natural chemistry. Yes. And that showed in that, uh, in that convention. Um, during that panel it's horror and pokemon yeah what's funny is during our last panel which just by chance happened to be me and mark again that wasn't intentional um somebody made some comment in the chat like oh man mark are you gonna put up with this or you know he just said this comment about this thing and i I was like mark's been doing this with me for a decade he knows exactly what he signed up for when he asked me to come on his panel (laughs) like there was no surprise here yeah, kind of like unlike unlike me asking Adam Grant to do the show for the first time. Okay, okay, I found it. I well, the, I I made a list where I was crossing things off and and marking things that I couldn't post or didn't want to post. Mm-hmm. Um, so opening and closing ceremonies, I wasn't planning on posting because, like, what's the point? <laughs> opening <laughs> ceremonies is me just like, hey, welcome to the con. Here's the rules. Oh, um, wait. Well, let me tell you something else. We'll, when we finish up, I'll, I got something to say about that. Um, but go ahead. Closing ceremonies is just me and Tony babbling for two hours. I didn't want to make people. Yeah, which one? What, an hour, uh, 90 minutes over? Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought it would be a half hour. Um, the Metal and Anime Connection, uh, since that already got us kicked off YouTube, I, I didn't imagine I'd be able to post that. Um, Mm -hmm. I can try, but uh, I assume that would get kicked off immediately as well as the, um, hentai panel. I wasn't going to attempt to upload. Um, there's a few panels that I've been specifically asked not to post. Uh, just the panelists wanted them to be a, uh, con only experience. And so I have to respect that. Understood. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's still a handful on here. Um, the right stuff panel I have permission to post. I just haven't gotten around to editing it yet. Discotech Media, they've given me permission to post theirs. Uh, but they no, I, I'm um, a little surprised to hear that those ones. Should I be surprised that I they gave permission? I yeah, I don't I don't know. Um the uh Gundam and Demons and Cool Animators, I've been given permission to post. I hate sports anime, I have permission to post. You know, yeah, a, a that, lot that, of that others. one I want to receive. It's just that it, it takes a long time to uh, render these. I, I, I think I may have said it in the beginning of the podcast from the convert because uh, OBS outputs in MKV format. Adobe Premiere yeah, cannot you read did, that. You didn't hit that. It's just um, so let's see what was still on the list. Can, oh, yeah. Converting the file takes time. Then rendering the file and uploading to YouTube all takes a really long time. But for the most part, everybody's given me permission to post. So there are more coming. I just I'm trying not to. Um, I'm trying not to spend my entire day working on the con because if during the rendering process, my computer kind of becomes unusable because it uses all of my processing power. Mm -hmm. Understood. Uh, But there are more coming. Um, And whether those get flagged for copyright is, is up in the air. Some of these like uh, history and show of Shonen jump, he doesn't play any videos. So that Mm -hmm. one should be fine. Um, I think uh, discotech and right stuff. I could maybe make the argument that the rights holders gave me permission to post those, but we'll see where the copyright claim comes from. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, I imagine it it'll come from the promotion. Japanese company. I mean, you know, to be fair, it is meant as a promotion. 
It is, but title, YouTube but, algorithm doesn't know that. Um, yeah, that's but I have I I can make the argument that I was given the blessing from the uh, people that own the North American rights to post these. That doesn't mean that they're gonna magically become available, though. It's all uh, no, okay, but at least we know what the uh, intention. Yeah, is. Yeah, there there is more coming. I just okay. I, I took I wanted to take a break. Well, you've earned it. I'll say that much. We'll put a link to the uh, YouTube channel in the show notes and on our on our blog. Um, is there anything else? Is there another? Um, is there a way we can keep up with you on Twitter, JP, or is it just through the Anime Lockdown? Uh, uh, the Anime Twitter? Lockdown Twitter is probably the best. Uh, I still check it every day. So if people want to okay. talk to me, I'm on there. Otherwise, I okay, really so don't tweet uh, that much. <laughs> well, yeah, sounds like me. Uh, what is it? Anna, uh, Anna Lockdown Con. Anna Lockdown Con. Oh uh, yeah, thanks. And, so, okay. So here's the thing I want to say. Um, the one thing that quickly put me on your side, as I said, we, I didn't know about the convention until a couple of days before it happened or when that, when James and, um, James and Kevin, uh, put me onto that, uh, made me aware of it. But the one thing you said, like the whole theme of your open, of the opening ceremonies, you constantly said, we're here because of the situation we're in. And many of you had, like we're doing this for people who we're doing this for people who can't go do the conventions. And this is the, it would be the most important thing or a whole theme about this is the most important time of year for them. We have businesses, vendors who's, who will make their, who were set to make a lot of make all their business during these conventions. That's been taken away from them. We have art, artist alley, peop, uh, artist alley goers, and artists who were willing to peddle their works, that opportunity has been given away, has been taken away from them. And people, and we know that there are con goers who, virtual con goers who are here willing to spend money. And that's great. If, and what is it? If you, if you're willing to spend that money, we hope one, like, don't worry about us. You can spend it locally, help out your communities. But if you truly want to spend it here, help out the vendors, help out the um, help out the people in the artist alley, because um, this is their only chance to have to one of their like their regular chances have been taken away from them because of all this. And those words in the um, in the opening ceremonies really struck with me, and that's why I just kept listening, listening, listening. And you won me as a fan at the time, and I'm so glad that. Uh, it went uh, well. It sounded like, you, and by the end of it, it, you sounded so emotionally drained. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I almost and cried I, during closing ceremonies. That's the other oh, reason I'm not posting it. <laughs> yeah, so the is, yeah, and you told me, and you mentioned it. Uh, f- you freely admitted this uh, when um, Veronica Taylor went in care went into the Ash character for for you, uh, giving you a shout out at the end. You told me you almost lost it. You oh, said you almost lost it. That there was. Too. That was such a surreal. I grew up watching Pokemon. This was mm-hmm. before I knew what anime was, and so yeah, to hear Ash Ketchum say my name was like totally caught me off guard because I didn't ask her to do that. You know, that's a classic. Like, can you can you give me a shout out in the character name? Like, people were asking those questions, and I was like, I'm not asking Kyle Bear to give a shout out to your brother in the Vegeta, not the Vegeta voice, <laughs> the Gohan voice. Um. No, and the, the 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 thing that you bring up is I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was something that I wanted to make. Uh, that was the first mission statement that I had. Before anything else, it was 
this is not going to be about what I want. This is not going to be about my favorite shows, my favorite people, my favorite panels. This is for everybody else. Um, and that's why there were panels that like, I, I like robots, but I would not go to six robot panels, you know, <laughs> but that wasn't, that wasn't for me. That was for everybody else because not everybody's going to go to every robot panel, you know? And, uh, I, I, I wanted it to be a platform for people that maybe they only get to do their panel once a year and that just got taken away from them. And, and, you know, like I remember being a panelist, I looked forward to that all year long and I would be like devastated if that had been taken away from me. And like, yeah, it's for the, it's for a good reason. Uh, mm -hmm. nobody's debating that fact. Um, but I, I wanted to give people something to look forward to for three days um just because it's 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 a bummer what's happening um that's an understatement um but yeah the dealers was a thing that happened very last minute i originally didn't know how to involve them so i wasn't going to try not because i don't like them i just didn't know how to do it and people kept asking like are you gonna have a dealer's room are you gonna have a dealer's room and i was like i don't know tony can you help me and then he figured that out all on his own and um, I know not everybody made money, but some of them, some of them made a lot of money and I'm not going to share the amount, but some of them made a very impressive amount of money in the weekend. And I know that our DJ uh, made enough money uh, from tips to be able to pay off some of the debt that they had uh, buying some of the equipment that they use to make a living, That's uh, good. which is really That's incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that's that's just that was kind of our that was our, our number one priority from the beginning is this is not I know I keep saying my con, but it really isn't my con. It's it's my con in that I set it up and I had the idea and I organized it, but it's it's everybody else's con in that I didn't do this for me. I did this for everybody else. Well, and as I said, it became an outlet for somebody for a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have had that chance because of the because of the way things are out going out there right now. I mean, here we are again. This is um the beginning of a long weekend here in Canada. The Victoria Day weekend is the weekend before Anime North here. And we've harped on this James many James and I have harped on this many times. Um that's a big weekend for that Anime North weekend is a big weekend for the stretch of Airport Road in Dixon that holds actually where the convention takes place and here in the west end of Toronto on the airport. Kind of crazy uh, how that turned out, isn't it, Mike, considering yeah, where we were at the beginning at the Constellation in that and now where we've become? Mm -hmm. And the hotels and the restaurants, that we they they look forward to that weekend because uh, because... I, from my understanding, that is their most profitable weekend. Of it the is their Black Friday. It and is so their they, it is their Black Friday. So this is and um, it's just crazy because you just see a massive humanity everywhere you go, and they're just spending that money at all those businesses and stuff like that. And it's just crazy to think that it's just going to feel so vacant, like yeah, something was and, ripped out. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that's the same for a lot of other cons. Yeah, and it's it's going to be tough be for them this year because they don't have that. And oh, yeah. I mean, we're familiar with the uh, James. All of us are familiar here in Toronto are familiar with the area. I drive, and for me, I whenever I went to work, I drove by that area every day, and it's always a gag to see that 
uh, to see pictures of the of congoers passing by the area taking pictures during the off time. It's 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 <laughs> always it's, it's always it's, cool seeing the uh, the line of people heading there from um, from the east end of town down down on um, Kipling Road and so forth, mm-hmm. waiting for buses to get down. Oh yeah, so and that's not going to happen this year, and that's kind of like. As I said, your opening ceremonies made me think of think of the everybody who will miss out on that opportunity. Yeah, and for some, it could be their last. Uh, it maybe they may not get the next chance. Yeah. So, um, as I said, when 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 you when I heard those words from you, JP, you uh, you had me on your side. I mean, so, on um, a on a more positive note, not to talk about everything being canceled. There there were a lot of people that also told us that we were the first con they've ever been able to go to for a variety mm-hmm. of different reasons. And um, that's also like why we want to keep doing this because, you know, sometimes it's out of their control. Like a disability would prevent them from going to a con. And while it's not a one-to-one experience, I'd, I'd say we got pretty close. Well, anything, it's better than a zero to one. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, point five, five. Yeah. yeah, even if it's a point something, it's something. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I, I certainly appreciated these experiences. I've never experienced it the way, you know, we like James, Mo, probably Mo. We only experienced the local versions. I know Kevin has been to a few out of town. Like, which ones have you been to, Kevin? So I've been to SoccerCon twice, and I've been to Otacon twice. Those are the ones that yeah. I, oh, and I've been to Anime Central once. Usually it was because, uh, it was usually because of whatever Japanese musical guest was coming that year. Yeah, you chase those down. Nice. Oh, yeah. But it's like the thing is, not all of us are so lucky. I mean, Kevin's probably the luckiest of all of us. But we're always we're lucky to. But for us here in Toronto, we're lucky to have something of interest of um, some significance mm-hmm. to come come through, come to this city. Not many have that chance, though. Yeah. So uh, I, I'd mentioned that not to keep, not to give you the Minnesota goodbye. Uh, I, I, I mentioned that in opening ceremonies as well is that, you know, I'm in a fortunate position where I can go to multiple shows a year, but there's a lot of people that can't even afford to go to one. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Well, it's, um, I'm going to say well, we we should probably end it off because I think we're near the two hour mark, <laughs> which is about uh, the average length of a of a roundtable episode. Yeah. But um, usual for me too. Yeah. Well, I have to say this was a real pleasure to finally talk with you at length. Yeah. Um, thank you for thank you for doing this. Uh, I guess uh, for something a little bit more practical, thank you for introducing me for forcing me to uh, sign up for to Discord. <laughs> James will probably help guide me through that a little bit more. I I also signed up for Discord because of Anime Lockdown. Oh man, Discord so. owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully checks in the mail. Yeah. But uh, seriously, JP, it was a real pleasure to to talk with you at length, to have you on the show. Um as I said, uh, sometimes uh, if there's a bright side, necessity is sometimes the mother of invention or all invention or at least uh making people do things. So, uh thank so the Pandemic forced uh, forced me to just start doing the show online, but it also brought uh, anime lockdown in and probably put a lot of smiles on on a good number of anime fans' faces. 
hopefully over through all of this. So, um, congratulations. And, uh, hopefully, um, Hopefully we'll be able to keep in touch. Oh, yeah. uh, we'd, we'd love to have you back every so often. Oh, yeah. I'm happy regular. to come back. This this would, was so much you, fun. Would you be willing to do a regular roundtable with uh, with us? I mean, uh, I don't know about would... doing it every single week, but I'm happy to no, come no, back. No, no, you no, mean no, like a regular episode? Oh, yeah. Every so often. Oh, come yeah. On. I'm happy uh, to come back. If you're interested in, in giving, uh, giving your thoughts on the uh, issue, on the current events of the day. I, well, uh, I love podcasting. Um, this, this I've actually, I don't want to... I don't want to play favorites with everybody that's had me on their show, but this is more <laughs> traditionally my style to like, come on, crack open a few beers, record for two hours where a lot of these, the interviews, they're still fun and they still have a place. And it comes down to each person's personal style, but yes, I'm not really, I'm not used to doing the like 20 minutes and like call it a day. <laughs> You know, I guess we, yeah. we don't have a time limit, and we, we as me and Mike limit. have said, we kind of we're basing it off uh, sports talk radio and stuff like that. And a certain sports talk radio host and his partner that was in Toronto, and it was like the roundtable and conversational, like you were having a beer with your buddies and sitting mm-hmm. there at the bar having that conversation. You know what I mean? I yeah. miss well, Bob. Even, yeah. You guys tried to call it early. I was like, no, let's go another hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what happened tonight. And, and we're not now at almost two. So uh, JP, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you for having uh, me. It was a real pleasure. And uh, well, everyone else out there, thanks for uh, putting up with it for the last, uh, was it hour 50? <laughs> hour 50 minutes? Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. Well, as I said, this was a special edition. So episode 19 will come up uh, probably sometime in the next week or next couple weeks. And uh, join us again for that. Good night from Toronto. And from New York. Join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable.